Welcome to Courtside Moms. I'm your host, Wendy Sparks. Today, my guest is Tanya Powell May, mother of Xavier Tillman of the Memphis Grizzlies. We have a lot to talk about, so let's bring Tanya on the show. Welcome, Tanya. I'm so happy that you're here spending time with me so we can speak about your son, Xavier. So how's it going? Uh, it is well. I can't complain about the thing right now. Family's all well. Business is well. The NBA draft was last night, so I got yes. to relive that experience. So yes. everything is well. What was that like, you watching it all over again? Because you just experienced it last year. Yeah. I uh, had been in the habit of watching the NBA draft as a former basketball player myself. Um, so I get really excited about those families who yeah. really get to see their dreams come true, right? Yeah. So every year I'm in tears, like I know those kids and those families. Um, so I'm watching the draft as kind of my thing to do. Um, it was kind of surreal because I had always imagined being in New York, sitting on that floor, waiting for his name to yes. call. And we didn't get that last year because of COVID. That's right. Um, but we did it at home with family and uh, it, it was it was great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, we're going to get to your draft night uh, soon. <laughs> but before we do, tell us about Xavier as a child. Like, was he competitive amongst his siblings? Absolutely. Xavier falls in the middle. <sighs> He has uh, three older brothers and a youngest sister. Um, so he was always competing. His older brothers weren't as athletic as he uh, is. My His older brother, Parker, was a state champion wrestler. So mm-hmm. he was best with him. And, and Parker's a lot bigger than Xavier, so he would lose a lot. So he wouldn't try that very often. But um, I always kept him in sports, kept him in activities. And can see from a very early age that he enjoyed basketball and enjoyed competing. He did football as a, as a kid. Um, we tried baseball, but his strike zone was just way too wide. <laughs> <laughs> so that that was only a one-year thing. Um, you know, they did soccer as a kid. You know, he did everything. I had him in everything, but he naturally gravitated to basketball. So, yeah, so when I was researching, I realized that he was this this all-around athlete. But at what point now, after, you know I mean, he's playing, like you said, um, soccer and baseball and everything else he played, what age was he when he decided, you know what, now it's all about basketball? Well, he played football through ninth grade and high school. So I would say, um, you know, he could have gone uh, but in ninth grade, he decided uh, basketball is where he wanted to devote his full attention. Like, mm-hmm. I noticed, because I'm a former basketball player, I played at the University of Michigan, like, very early on that he was very advanced, and he was always a kid willing to put in the work. Like, um, I never had to tell him to go outside, right? Because if I needed to find him, he was outside shooting basketball yeah. or trying to talk one of his brothers who weren't basketball players into playing or talking to me to come out and shooting with them or shooting with his dad. So um, he really switched totally to basketball. So today, who would, between you and him, win a one-on-one game? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I will never admit, but, you know, he's six, he grew to be six to eight. So he's pretty tough. He's, he's, he's a handful. 
I'm, listen, mom, I, I know you're skilled. Mom, no, I make it tough on there you, that's all you. That's what you're supposed to do. Amen. <laughs> got to remind him. I got skills. Exactly. Mama knows the game. You got to remind him. So, <laughs> so let's talk about his his high school days playing basketball and where he went. So Xavier um, spent his freshman year at Forest Hill Central um, High School uh, here in Grand Rapids, and then in tenth grade, tenth through twelfth grade, he went to uh, private school, Grand Rapids Christian High School. Um, his freshman year, he played varsity at, at uh, Forest Hill. They were undefeated and had one loss. Um, but just very, very good program. Um, and just learned how to, to, uh, well, he was a young guy, but he was very skilled. Just learned how to be a great teammate is what I, what I feel that experience brought him. And then, uh, through his AAU experiences, he met some other kids. that he was always in Michigan. <laughs> Everything all the way up into college. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Now, during um, his high school years, he was getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him getting his first letter of recruitment and who it was from? Um, honestly, I can't say that I knew who that was from. Uh, but it was definitely um, his freshman year. Wow. Well, that was early. One of the right. So, uh, yeah, um, I can't honestly say where he got his first letter from. Um, I don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> because I think there would be lots more to come. It wasn't one of the, the high majors, it was like a smaller school, yeah. probably. So, yeah, do you still have some of his uh letters? I don't, I, I've moved like three times, yeah, over the last six seven years and uh, recurred with each move. I usually give it to them to decide what to do with it. So he probably has a box full of things like that. But. Yeah. 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 Ah, recruitment such a wonderful time. So tell me, what was that period like for your family? Now you're getting these letters and now you have to make these decisions. Like, what was that period like for you? Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of knew what to expect again because I I was recruiting and played at Michigan. Um, so I kind of knew the process, although the men's and women's process were quite a bit different in terms of there were lots of people who kind of came out of nowhere that I didn't know um, on the men's side, and I think that's kind of normal. Uh, so it was just keeping his circle small, making sure I knew who he was talking to, you know, what yeah. kind of practice having with people. Um, he was very good about telling me which coaches they called and who he was, he was talking to once he got to the point where he could talk to coaches. Um, but he played on the um, Avita circuit when he mm-hmm. was in 9th and 10th grade and then played EYBL 11th and 12th grade on the AAU circuit. 
and it was just like going from, you know, a four-star hotel to a five-star hotel in terms of the experience, the players that he was competing against. But he got tons of exposure. And by the time he um, was a senior, he had at least um, three dozen or so offers and mostly from high majors. So it was a good experience overall. Of course. I mean, you're a former basketball player yourself who played at the University of Michigan for four years. You were a two-year captain, all Big Ten player, and more. So you understood where he was sitting and what was to go on. So conversation with coaches must have been easier for your family. So tell us about your relationship with Coach Izzo and how he contributed to your family's decision for Xavier to go to Michigan State. Yeah. So uh, Michigan State started recruiting him pretty early in the process. So we got, we, we were able to establish a relationship with um, DJ Stevens um, was his primary, you know, recruiting contact. Yeah. Uh, we also spent tons of time on the campus at Michigan State. He was always going to football games. Um, if they had open gym with the players, he would, you know, go up to do that when he was able to do that. But um, we, I just always had a um, a lot of respect for Coach Izzo and, uh, because of the success he's had at Michigan State, how he developed the players. Um, you know, he's had some great players come through his program, and just, he's well respected. Um, his family was awesome. Um, he was awesome even during the recruiting process, just getting to know them better. Um, but it, 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 I, although I went, am a Wolverine and I went to Michigan, I always have had a lot of respect for Coach Izzo. And um, yeah, at the end of the day, it was really all about trust. And I yeah. trust that uh, Xavier would do the work and he would direct him in the right way. So right. Um, I was very pleased with that. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me now. Now he decides to go to Michigan State. You're there in the crowd and you're watching the game. What was it like for you to see him play college ball? Like, did it bring back any memories to your NCAA days? Absolutely. <laughs> um, the wrestling was always rocking. I, I think that he said that in a, that was one of the things that he missed most or was going to miss most because it was always very, very lively. Um, and he had, you know, he had the privilege of Freshmen didn't play a whole lot, but they won like almost every game. So it was just a winning culture, winning tradition, getting to see great basketball, get some of the great, some of the best teams in the country. Um, so the atmosphere was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. So, how did the Spartans fans receive Xavier? Um, they welcomed him with open arms. That yeah. Michigan State program is all about grit, and Xavier fit right into the mold of what, um, you know, what Coach Izzo's players are all about. And he's a great human, he's a, I shouldn't say he's a great, well, he's a great human being. I can say that about my kid, right? right? Um, he's a very good, good, um, person. So he cares about people, and I think people, um, like that about him. So how did the decision to leave Michigan State now after three years and declare for the NBA draft 
come about? Um, he had, he watched, well, his freshman year. So he got to watch, you know, folks go and, and make it to that level. Miles Bridges before him, his freshman and teammate, Jared Jackson, mm-hmm. um, in that same class. So he got to watch them go. And Jared actually played AAU with Xavier. So they became very, very good friends, even though he said he was for one year. Um, and they kept in touch. So just kind of hearing from Jared about his experience, um, I think that motivated him to really, really focus. Um, we didn't really know. I mean, he was prepared to stay at Michigan State for four years. Um, but he finished his degree after three years and had had great success as a sophomore. They went and defeated Duke and the almighty Zion <laughs> made it to the final four. So, you know, he had, he had done the work. So based on the feedback that we've gotten, uh, it was time for him to consider um, that. And Xavier went to Michigan State with a family. So my granddaughter, Ayana was born during his senior year. So I think that was also uh, part of his decision, just wanting to be able to take care of his family. Right, right. Did you feel that he was skillfully and mentally prepared, though, for the next step? Oh, uh, oh, a- absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, he's very mature for his age, yes. even now. Like, oh, he's an old soul for sure. But he's very, he's been very responsible throughout his life. Um, and I, and he's very thoughtful. So he weighed all of the data, all of the information, and, and made the best decision for his family. So preparing for the draft comes with a lot of pressure as players attend workouts and showcase their talents with the hopes of the possibility of being hired on draft night. Xavier felt that he had a great shot at going early second round, which he did. However, was there ever a plan B if he didn't get drafted at all? Oh, yeah. So um, that was not a plan B he wanted to think would be a possibility. He, yeah. he got feedback from the NCAA um, very early on in the process, and they had him as a pretty solid second round pick, either early, mostly early second round or late second round, a few, um, a small percentage undrafted. So his chances were like 90% based on feedback from the NCAA who picked out from the team that he could be drafted. So I think that took a little bit of pressure off of him mm-hmm. um, because he was at least in the conversation with so many teams. Um, it really wasn't a difficult decision once he took the time to get the information. Right. Yeah, I was just asking, did you have a plan B? Had he not made it? Had he not get drafted? Did you have a decision? Was there a decision? I don't know, maybe he can play overseas or something different. Was there something put in place just in case? Mm-hmm. And I asked that because my son went undrafted. Okay. So we had to have a plan B just yeah. in case. And I always suggest for everybody, I mean, because you never know. Right. Exactly. You never, ever know, right? Yeah, exactly. He could have gone up overseas, but with a family and taking his family overseas, that probably wouldn't have been ideal. Yeah. Um, so if the... The information was pointing to you'll definitely be undrafted. Um, he needed to stay in school for that four years. And that would have been a win-win situation as well. Nobody knew that COVID was going to happen. So 
um, you know, you know, we wouldn't have known that part, but um, but he uh, either way it would have been a win. Uh, yeah. We just had very good data that his chances of being drafted were very yeah. So draft night comes along. He was drafted 35th overall to the Sacramento Kings, but then traded to the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. But due to the pandemic, you had to experience draft night at home and not at the Barclays Center, as you'd mentioned before. So tell us about that night from start to end. So they had sent cameras to the home so that they could show, you know, the system where the family was there. Um, Due to COVID, we couldn't have all of our family in the room that they want other people in the room. However, we had video cameras and the projector set up so that our family was on a Zoom. Nobody on national TV could see them, but we had hundreds of our family members on a Zoom, on a projector, and we're just having conversations and fellowship with them all night. But it was an amazing experience. Like, he could have gone, you know, based on the information we had anywhere from late first to early second so you know once they got to pick 20 we were like okay on speedos <laughs> the entire time and then to hear his name called at 35 um and to learn that he was going to get to go to memphis and play with Darren and john some of the great players that they had we were super excited Oh, that must have been so different. I mean, and I, I, all I could do is watch, right? You know, when you're watching videos or I talk to people and I'm like, wow, that must have been so sometimes comforting because you're still in your own home, right? Yeah. Or wherever you choose, right? You're at a place that you choose and you're like, you know what? This is it. This is where we're going to experience the draft. Yeah. So at the end of the day, we get the pandemic is here, but not everybody had the opportunity to do it the way you did it. And yeah. sometimes people might prefer to be intimate within their family and just enjoy that moment as opposed to having thousands of people there. Yeah, we were going to do it at a local restaurant, but because Michigan is so restricted, the restaurants were shut down by that. Yeah. So we didn't want to take a risk and have a bunch of people there when the restaurant was supposed to be shut down. But um, it worked out really well. All of the people who really wanted to be a part of the night were able to experience it. And it must have been so different um, for Xavier. And I say this because a lot of people talk about him as a player. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Let, let's talk about him as you know and love as the family man who already had a young family prior to the draft. So yeah. draft night must have been so different for, for you and your family and him, because now he's he's being drafted as a dad, you know what yeah. I mean, as a husband. So can you share your opinion about his strengths as a husband and as a father? Yeah. You know what? That's the thing that I'm most proud of. And I'm a basketball mom, but he's just turning out to be one heck of a man, right? Yeah. Um, so when, when, when he... Um, had Ayana, he and Tamina, his wife, uh, when they came to me when they were in high school and let me know that they were having her, of course, um, you know, my first reaction was, you know, disappointment. But Ayana really turned out to be a blessing in our lives. It helped him to focus more. He became a better student. Like, he just became more responsive. He was a little selfish as a young kid from time to time. It just really helped him to overcome some of those, um, you know, things that characteristics. But he's a great dad, and even a thoughtful husband. I I look at him and I'm like, um, you've changed more diapers 
when your dad ever did. Not <laughs> one dad under the bus, but he's up at night with the kids, changing diapers. He's just very attentive. And now they have two. And he's just very attentive to his family and the needs of his family. And as a mom, I just, I'm super proud. Super proud. Oh, that's amazing. And it's, it's, it's just so a warm feeling, you know what I mean? To, to look at this young player who has a young family and he has to balance, you know, he has to balance being a dad and being a player and some players, their playing comes first before family and they're not able to put the two together. And just for the only reason why they're still young. Right. And here you have your son who is able just to put the two worlds together and be that dad, be that husband, and go to work right. and be a grizzly. Right. So and good for him. Yeah. And I, you made make a great point. One of the things that I've learned from him, even as an adult, like he said, you know, mom, I, I'm like, how have you done it all? He was an academic all American as well. So the rigor of the basketball schedule, being an academic All-American, coming home and having a wife there and a daughter. Um, he really is good at compartmentalizing and being where he, where he is and 100% focused on what he's doing. Yeah. And that is just something that I've learned from heaven that I've never been that person, but just being fully present where you are. And it's really worked for him. To me, as a great mom, too. Like, she's very supportive, has been supportive all amazing to hear it really is so tell me what was it finally like for you to see your son play his first nba game like walk us through that like and throughout his rookie year right so i got to see him for the first time in person in back in january and they were playing at home against the lakers okay and lebron james is one of his childhood favorites like he watched everything about LeBron. And to see him play in his first game against his childhood hero yeah. was like everything for me. <laughs> everything. I had to pinch myself a few times during the game. Like, really? Really? He is guarding LeBron. Like, really? This is happening. Wow. Um, and throughout the season, he just um, he had a great rookie season, played about 18 minutes a game, which is really unheard of for a rookie. Um, averaged about seven points or down, something like that. But he, he really came in and tried to play his role as best that he could. So for me, it was just surreal. Um, the playoffs were even crazier. Like the atmosphere, usually that first game in January, there were no fans except fans. Yeah. It was really quiet in the arena, so that was kind of weird. But by the time the playoffs got, came around and they had fans in the stands, oh my goodness. <laughs> it was it was electric. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine, and I'm so happy that you're able. To, you had the opportunity to experience that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's obviously the arenas aren't back to the full capacity yet, but at least you are not forced to watch an entire season at home. I mean, first yeah. you did the draft at home, then you have to watch the season at home. At least you had that 
You know what I mean? You could you could wear that that beautiful grizzly sweater outside the house. You know what I mean? <laughs> you could wear it at the game. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was great. So, you know, I just had to pinch myself. We had about 20 family members um, come down for the playoff game. And it was just like everybody was like, like, this is really happening. Like, you made yeah. it, you know? Yeah. It's beautiful when when families are happy and friends are happy. You know what I mean? Like when they're when they're really genuinely like, oh, this is beautiful. Like we're we're gonna go now. We gotta go now because we have to go home and watch Savior play. Like you know what I mean? I love that. I just I just love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Iron City of Grand Rapids, like rooting for him. I would see people in the grocery store, and they're like, oh, he's mom. That's my name now. I'm Savior's mom. Um, <laughs> but. They just, they're rooting for him to succeed, and I make sure that he knows that, so. Yeah. So tell me, when watching the games, what is one thing you feel he skillfully contributes to the Grizzlies? Um, I think his best attribute has always been his defense. Like, he was very comfortable on defense. He was a defensive player of the year at Michigan State um, his senior year. That's his thing. Like, he's a defensive stopper. He's going to figure that out. Um, so, I and then knowing his role, like, he's paying attention. He's an IIT player. So, he's paying attention to what's needed. And when he steps on the floor, he's contributing that. So, I was very proud of him about his defensive efficiency, especially his overall efficiency was great this year. But um, defensively, he really continue what he started at Michigan State. See, I love the fact that you can see it from a different perspective as a lot of other players or people, I should say, yeah. a lot of our fans or family or whatever, right? Because you're like, I understand the game. I know what's supposed to go on. I get his position. I get what he's supposed to do or not do. So do you ever, do you ever critique or do you ever tell him, Savior, really? Like, so the NBA game is all about being able to guard multiple positions. And yeah. they switch a lot. A lot more than I would switch if I were the coach, right? Right, right. <laughs> that's what they do in the NBA. <laughs> so it creates some mismatches that I'm like, they just live with it. That's what they do in the NBA. But he's like, oh, mom, that's what we're supposed to do. I'm like, okay, that's, this, that's the NBA. That's what I have to learn about the difference between college basketball and, and the NBA. But yeah. So, I guess I try not to be too hard on him because yeah. he's like he's doing what he loves, right? My dad sure. at this point. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> Do you see some of your skills in him when you're watching him play? Oh yeah. The the way that he works, um, he gets that from me. He'll tell you that I was probably the hardest coach he ever had before the ago. Because yeah. um, I coached him when he was younger, like fourth and fifth grade, and you know, I was in his face. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he will tell you that that was one of the hardest uh, summers because I had very, very high expectations of him. Um, but like right now, like I said, it's all about supporting him and encouraging him. I believe that he, can, he, he will be that 12 to 15 year NBA player. Like, he's got it in him. Amen. There's such a big joy in playing basketball 
and then raising a basketball player. So what is something that you've learned about yourself throughout this journey so far? Um, you know, like I said um, before, the basketball is, has always been important to me because I'm a basketball mom, but at any time they have said, no, I don't want to play basketball, for example, my daughter. I have a daughter who's a freshman at Eastern Michigan University um, and when she, she's younger than David. So she just, because I dragged her around from gym to gym with him, she just had an interest in basketball for a long time. <laughs> And um, then she, by seventh grade, got to be as tall as me and decided she wanted to, to really learn the game and to play more. So um, what I've learned is that, I'm, you know, I am able to support my children with whatever it is they want to do. That's my ultimate goal. When they're happy, I'm happy. Um, but when they choose basketball, I'm there too. So <laughs> we got her in AAU, and now she's a D1 uh, basketball player. So very happy about that. Hey, man, had, you never know. Yeah. You never know. There could be WNBA in her future. You never know. She would tell you definitely no, but once she gets there and gets into that routine, she's got the potential. I can see it in her. Yeah, and absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she'll think, I should go, and then maybe I can compete with my mom's previous records, right? Maybe. <laughs> oh, That's what you have to tell her. So you know what? Let's see how good you are. Show it to me. Prove it to me for the next four years. <laughs> I did that for Xavier. I sent him all my records at Michigan, and I'm like, I, sh- I expect you to be able to all of. I love that. <laughs> so tell me, what is it like being the courtside mom to Xavier Tillman Senior? I absolutely love uh, the man who, who the, the man that Xavier is, the player that he's become and that he's becoming. Um, so sitting on the sideline as a basketball mom is a dream for me. Um, and I'm just there to support him and his family as best I can and to enjoy it as much as possible, as long as I can. <laughs> absolutely. So now I want to ask you some fun facts. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so what was or is Xavier's go-to dish that you make that he must always have? Um, he likes my tacos, believe it or not. Um, he likes breakfast. Anytime I do breakfast um, with grits and eggs and all that stuff that I do, he, he likes my breakfast. Uh, but I'm not like a, his dad did most of the cooking when he was younger. So, um, but he, he likes mom's tacos. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is one childhood item that he always had that he couldn't live without other than a basketball? Mm-hmm. He played a lot of video games coming yeah. up. <laughs> so he always had the um, NBA 2K or whatever it was, NBA mm-hmm. 2K games. Um, so we got to know a lot of the players and what they like to be and their tendencies and things like that. So I would say probably back then at spots or something or PlayStation. I don't know what it was, but he, he played a lot of video games coming up. <laughs> <laughs> As 90% of the players or 95% of the players. <laughs> Did he have a nickname? And if so, what was it? Well, some people call him X. Um, we call him Zay in my family. Um, so that's, that's 
that's uh, his nickname. But we, when he went to Mission State, they started calling him X. For a while, he could call him X. But the family called him Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was watching a couple of things. I noticed that yeah, they were calling him X. And I laughed and I'm like, but they pronounce it Xavier. They didn't even pronounce the X in his name. <laughs> so when you're saying we 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 call him Zay, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you give to another court signed mom about dealing with a coaching decision that she does not agree with? Um, stay out of it. Uh, because you you don't want back child. <laughs> right. Most of the time there's more to the story, you know, than what we see. Um, if you have concerns like serious concerns or concerns about the mental health or the safety of your child, of course say something. But for the most part, stay out of it. Like you've got if you get your child on a division one in a division one program, whether it be basketball, football or whatever. You've done the work, right? right? Now it's about letting those coaches develop your child. You trusted them enough to send them there, letting them do what they do so that they can become the player, the man, the woman that they're supposed to be. So it's true. Yeah, I just tell people just relax. Like even yeah. youngsters now, I see some of the parents on the sidelines. I'm like, this is fourth grade, relax. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but people go so a little bit crazy about sports. And I understand that because I've been, you know, that is caring. But, you know, enjoy it. Sit back and yeah. enjoy it. It'll be over before you know it. That, that, that would be my encouragement. Of course, I, I can't see anybody wanting to be that player. We're in the locker room. Someone's like, "Can you control your mom?" I'm like, <laughs> exactly. like, nobody wants to be that player. Like, really? It's like, oh my god. Yeah. I've, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. That poor child. You know, <laughs> it's like the mom gets all the attention when she comes to the gym because everybody's waiting. They're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind the game. Watch her. So <laughs> no, it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Now, what advice would you give to a player on how to deal with a tough teammate? Um, team team issues usually work themselves out, especially if the players um, have worked on their relationship yeah. and doing things together and, and building that walk system of trust. Um, you know, that usually just comes. You just assume the best in people. And um, that kind of stuff always works itself out. Okay. I love that advice. Last question I want to ask you is if you could only give one piece of advice to another courtside mom, what would that be? I think I didn't write a book for sure, but um, just to understand how important it is to um, stay in relationship with your child. There, you know, especially if you have a elite athlete, um, there will be lots of people, hangers-on, people coming around, right? You want your child to keep their circles relatively small, and you want to know who's giving them advice, who's in their life, right? So that, um, you know, you poured in your values and your beliefs and your what you believe into your child, so it's there and within them, but you also want to help to protect them as much yeah. as possible. So um, just stay connected to your child, right? Um, call them, text them, 
whatever you need to do is stay connected and in relationship with your child. Uh, because when they know that you're there and that you've got their back, um, they're gonna they're gonna rely on you to continue to do that for the rest of your life. So that's what I would, I would advise. Oh, for sure. And and that's I love that advice because you want mothers to understand that that connection should still be there as mom and, and son. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like you're still mom at the end of the day, regardless of what they do, where they're at, who they're playing for, where they're playing, who cares? You're still that, you're still mom and you're still that support system that nobody ever wants to let go of, irregardless of relationships. Like even when they're married with kids. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I mean, my son and I, we still have conversations a lot about basketball, just about life. Like, I just love talking to him because sometimes I say to myself, I raised this child, so now I want to know his mindset. Like, you know what I mean? When he thinks things, I'm like, that didn't come from me. And we will laugh about it. And he's like, I'm grown, mom. I'm like, oh my God. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. You know what I mean? Share it with me. You know what I mean? But it's just funny. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're right. Always be mom. Love that advice. You know, Tanya, it was amazing speaking with you today. You are so cheerful. That is love, love, love your expressions about your about your son. And I love hearing about yourself too as a player and how all that meshed together because you played a big role in your son's success today as a, you know what I mean? As first of all, him as Xavier, as a man, father, a husband, and then also on the court as a basketball player. And not a lot of players can actually say, my mom gets it. So when we speak about the sport, we actually can have a conversation. And not to take anything away from other moms, some moms just don't play basketball, so they don't get the sport, they watch it. But you actually played it, so you understand, so you know, you know what I mean? So you're blessed to have that that ability to have your son come to you and say, you know what happened on the court today? And you're like, I know, I understand. And you can actually talk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I tried to know everything about my son. I don't ever want him to think, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I can't talk to my mom about this because she don't know. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, like I said, it's it's a fine line between, you know, you got to offer your guidance, especially when it's asked for, but um, just keeping that door open so that they're comfortable to come to you. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I actually just want to ask you one last thing. What is one thing that you want people to know about Xavier? Um, Xavier is a wonderful human being. Hmm. He cares about people very deeply. Um, he he loves the game. He loves his family. And those are the things that bring him joy. And we look forward to whether we, we love Memphis and love the people there in Memphis and the organization, you know, the experience that we've had. Um, but we want to make a difference. Um, so hopefully over the next few years, we'll see great things from him. Yes. Well, we wish him nothing but love and success um, for his upcoming seasons, uh, we'll definitely be watching and we would love to continue to hear from you as well, mom. I mean, for us, moms are everything. At the end of the day, our babies are here because of us. So we need to be, you know, people need to understand where Xavier came from, where our boys came from. 
And it starts with us. So thank you so much for coming on Courtside Moms and sharing all that with us. And please keep in touch. Oh, you're welcome. I will. And thank you. What a great idea. Hey, you won't done, baby. I do it naturally.